Thank you, Brother Jeremy. Part of the work of the church that we uh, are engaged in, of course, is our prayer time for each other. And prayer, of course, changes things. Prayer changes us. And we have some prayer requests I'm going to ask that you would remember. Let me go down the list. This is certainly not all of them, but some things have happened this week. Uh, Ellen Harmon, Jessica Sample's grandmother, she's 80 years old. She developed a brain bleed uh, in the early morning hours of Saturday. She suffered some seizure activity and was taken to intensive care unit over in Baptist Medical in Little Rock. Well, they live in Mountain Home, so that's quite a ways away from where they live, and they're not able to be with her, so they're separated. Uh, her 86-year-old grandfather, uh, Miss Harmon, was his primary caregiver, so they're separated, and of course, Jessica's mother has stepped in to take care of this. Uh, a lot of uh, adjustments and some inconveniences, and of course, being away from your loved one while there in the hospital is not uh, pleasant at all. So we're going to be praying for all of them. Uh, Miss Louise Hendricks, um, remember her and Mr. Gale? All of her appointments for a cancer treatment have been canceled indefinitely because of the, uh, the virus. Uh, heard from Troy Waller. Troy and Brenda met with his medical team this past Friday. His biopsy is being reviewed by another doctor to get a second opinion on the course of action. Uh, they have a follow-up appointment with the oncologist next Friday, and if everything works out, uh, he may start his chemotherapy treatments the following Monday, which is April the 13th. Of course, we'll be letting you know about that, but please keep this entire family in your prayers. Uh, concerning uh, Mr. Jimmy Wynn, he finally got in to see his oncologist after about a three or four week delay because of other things uh, this past Friday. The uh, oncologist said, unfortunately, they can't start chemotherapy without a biopsy. And due to the uh, coronavirus restrictions, they can't do this biopsy until way over in July at the earliest. And then he couldn't promise that the chemotherapy would offer any uh, advantage, uh, would not be able to uh, be effective. He couldn't make any guarantees. Uh, so Mr. Jimmy has chose to come home under hospice care. Uh, there's some arrangements uh, and, and some changes having to be made for that. Uh, remember uh, Mr. Jimmy and Miss Martha in the days ahead. Uh, I heard from uh, uh, Michelle Rich, Max Rich broke his arm on a four-wheeler accident of all days on April Fool's Day. Uh, this arm so far may not require any surgery, just a splint. Uh, and we ask that you remember him, especially Michelle said, if he behaves himself and doesn't move that arm around, he will not have to have the surgery. Uh, and of course, we'll be praying for a good recovery uh, for Max. I want you to remember our healthcare workers. Uh, just got an uh, urgent plea for uh, prayer request for the emergency room staff up at Magnolia Hospital. Uh, they start their morning shift and their evening shift with prayer. Uh, there are a lot of complications with, of course, the regular in and out uh, events of uh, an emergency room. With all the protocol and precautions with the virus, it just adds a whole different burden. And of course, at any given time, they're concerned about folks coming in with that virus. So I'm gonna ask you, remember our healthcare workers uh, in the emergency room, we also have other nurses in our churches that uh, are actually having to stay at hospitals, cannot come home because they are actually treating uh, uh, patients down the Louisiana area uh, with this virus, pray for them. Uh, our healthcare workers have asked for a specific prayer. We had some families who's lost loved ones. Uh, this is a hard time. 
but especially hard at this particular time. Uh, graveside services for Sharon's aunt, Joanne Skinner, was last Thursday with immediate family only present. Uh, and of course, uh, Richard Walters' family. Brother Richard Walters, pastor in the BMA, one of the leaders of our associational work. He passed away uh, earlier this week. Uh, under normal circumstances, this would be a, a big funeral, but it's a private graveside service only with their family as well. Uh, pray for families that lost loved ones, uh, especially in this difficult time. Let's uh, just pause just for a minute to pray about these, and I want you to pray with me as we pray. Father, a lot of needs, a lot of hurt, a lot of concern, and a lot of worry. And so we do what we know to do, and that's to bring them into your hands. We know our lives are always in your hands. These times just remind us of this, and we trust your care. Bless each family that has hardship, sickness, illness, concerns, grief. And Father, help us to reach out to them. Help us to pray for them daily. And Father, help us to follow up with our prayers with a call or a card or a gesture of love. Thank you for your care, and we trust you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank you for praying for these. Uh, the work of the church continues, even though a lot of things have stopped. Reaching the world with the gospel message is what we do. And we start right here with our local mission efforts and our personal evangelism. But of course, God calls some of us to go to other countries, uh, a long way, halfway around the world. Uh, one of those who heard and answered the call is Jimmy Walker. You remember Jimmy with his work with Columbia Bible uh, Christian School. Columbia Christian School, he's been, of course, uh, one of us for a long time. He's been in the Philippines for about two years. Uh, he has a passion for evangelism and discipleship, reaching people with the gospel message, but then helping them grow uh, in the Lord. He works closely with our Bible school in the Philippines, training young men to evangelize others and plant churches all throughout the uh, Asia region. Uh, an exciting expansion that he'll be telling us about is uh, a kindergarten through 12th grade school. And then, of course, you have the Bible college on top of that where kids from all ages can get a Christian education there in the Philippines. And I'm going to ask him to come and share his heart for the work, but also share God's word with us this morning. Jimmy Walker. Thank you. Well, good morning, Brister. It's good to be with you uh, this morning. My wife and our children had looked forward uh, to this time for, uh, for many weeks now, and uh, we would love to have been here to be able to shake hands and hug necks with many of you, but um, we're going to have to settle for uh, just a wave uh, through uh, Facebook uh, this morning. And I know that, that these times are, are different. Um, it's not what anybody expected, but God did, and he knew uh, what we were going through at this very moment. And just think of how many people are getting to hear the gospel, maybe even for the first time, with all the churches that are streaming on Facebook and online uh, during this time. So I'm glad that we have the technology, and I'm glad I'm able to speak with you uh, this morning. Uh, it was mentioned that I, uh, we've been in the Philippines for two years now, uh, serving the churches of the BMA and the Lord there, and we work directly with our BMA Bible College there. The college has been in existence for a little over 42 years, 
and its purpose is to train pastors and church planners to take the gospel, uh, not only in the Philippines, but into the countries of Southeast Asia as well. Right now, the number one overseas worker in all the world is the Filipino. They're able to uh, integrate into many of these Southeast Asian countries that would uh, really throw up flags if you or I tried to enter in, and they're able to go and get jobs and assimilate there and, and begin home Bible studies that will eventually grow in uh, to gospel churches. Uh, one, of our, one of our focuses there at the college, of course, is, is training these, these men to plant churches and not just training them and then graduating them and sending them out. Their local churches are sending them out and we are partnering with them uh, usually for about three years, whether that means financial support or coming alongside them to bring teams from the U.S., uh, medical missions, uh, VBS teams that come, uh, setting up gospel film showings uh, in different places. And then uh, just as recently as the last couple of weeks, providing uh, the necessary funds to help feed people uh, there with the, the effects of the coronavirus and uh, the, uh, the quarantine that's going on. People just aren't able to, to have access to food. So we've been able to help uh, in, in that way. But our goal is, is that in three years, when these pastors go out and plant churches, that in three years, those churches would be fully financially sustainable ministries. It's not our goal uh, to sit and, and pour money into something forever and ever. We know that that wasn't God's intention for that, 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 that he wants ministries to be self-supporting. So we want to give these men the tools that they need uh, to plant the church and for them be, to become sustainable uh, ministries. Uh, one of the other things that Brother Eric mentioned is the new academy that we just started. This last fall, we began uh, first grade on the campus. We have kindergarten, first grade, and this fall we'll, we'll add second grade uh, uh, to, our, to our ministry there. And we'll continue adding a grade every year until we reach grade 12. Uh, we, we didn't know, Brother Eric, uh, how this was going to work when we got there, and uh, we, we thought, well, well, we'll raise funds as we can, and we'll, we'll build a classroom or two every year, and so we started raising money, um, and we, we found that the buildings were going to cost about $100,000 each, six classrooms for one building, six for the other building, so $200,000 total, and we thought, man, that's just a lot of money. Uh, to get people to send over here to build these facilities. So we'll, maybe we'll just build a, a room or two at a time. But God, just in the last four months, we've raised over $100,000 uh, for this new facility. Uh, so building number one is paid for. Construction began about four months ago. It'll be finished uh, sometime in July, and we'll be able to open uh, that new building up in August, and uh, Lord willing, uh, we'll just continue on in construction uh, for building number two, and, and hopefully it will be finished uh, in, the, in the coming year as well. We've named our school in memory of longtime missionary Darlene Carey, and if you've been in the BMA very long, you probably have heard that name before. She was the first woman ever commissioned uh, by the BMA of America as a foreign missionary. And she spent many years in the Philippines 
just as a single woman, and she had a passion to help pastors uh, with evangelism, with children's ministry, with women's ministry, and she would travel from church to church and spend six or seven months in each place helping them set up uh, these ministries at their church. And I want to just share one story with you about Miss Darlene before we get into our sermon this morning. Uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, I, I met a lady who was, who was telling me that when Miss Darlene first got to the Philippines, she was going out to a, uh, what we would consider a dump uh, here in the States, like a city dump where all the trash was taken. And there would be children out there playing on these, these piles of trash, uh, some of them looking for food, uh, some of them just looking for something to play with, something that had been thrown away that they could use for entertainment. And she would go out and meet these children and follow them back to their homes and meet their parents. And when she got there, she would offer to pay for these children to attend a Christian school there in the Philippines. And she said, I would pay for their, their books, any supplies they need, their school uniforms, and make sure that they have a lunch to eat every day. And, and with that, uh, today, there are men and women who were products of her and her ministry who are now lawyers, doctors, and educators all over the Philippines because she saw a need and she met it. And we hope that through the academy that we will be able to carry on that same, that same tradition, that same passion that Miss Darlene had for children. Uh, not only that, we, we pray and we, we are praying expectantly that God not only is going to reach these boys and girls with the gospel, but that we're going to be able to reach into the homes of their parents and grandparents and, and see a, a harvest of lost souls come to faith through this work. The Philippines is a predominantly Catholic country. And when I say that, that means that 90% of the people there identify as Catholic. But of those 90%, 80% do not attend church anywhere. So we know that the fields are white uh, for harvest, and uh, we covet your prayers uh, as we continue to do the work of the Lord there. We're home on furlough until the end of July. Lord willing, we'll be able to go back first week of August if, if things have settled down and, and flights are available. Um, and furlough is a time where we come and we share uh, about the work uh, that we're a part of there and about the pork that you're a part of there uh, with assisting in the Philippines. But it's also a time of fundraising, uh, which makes it difficult to even talk about that with everything that's going on. Um, but if you're able and you'd like to be a part, um, I'd love to be able to sit down and talk with you in the coming weeks if you'd like to be a part of supporting that ministry. I do want to look at God's word this morning. So we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4. And Luke chapter 12. So if you want to begin uh, turning there, <coughs> you can. And, and before we start reading, uh, when I read my Bible, I want to confess to you this morning that there are some passages that are difficult. There are passages that I have to read several times and maybe I'll go to some study help, some commentaries. And there are even times where I have to I have to go to uh, some people that are giants in my life and say, hey, am I reading this right? Is this, is this what this is talking about? And, and there are places in there that you and I would admit that are that are difficult. Well, the passage that we're going to read this morning is not. 
It's a very straightforward passage. Um, it, is, it is very clear as to what it's, what's being said and, and who it's being spoken to. And so I think that many times we either are reading our Bible and we see things that we don't understand or we read our Bible like a text that we're going to read this morning and say, oh, that's, that's too easy. There's got to be more to it than that. But we know from God's word that it says that all scripture is breathed out by God, spoken by God. So every word that we have in the Bible are God's exact words that he wanted us to have. We don't have to read between the lines. We don't have to ask, oh, is this what he really meant? I believe that when we read the Bible and we read these words, this is exactly what God meant. Word for word. So as we read this morning, I want you to just keep that in the back of your mind that these are God's words spoken to you and me. <clears throat> so let's begin reading in Philippians chapter 4, and we'll begin reading in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Father, we ask that in the next few minutes uh, that you would reveal your word to us. Um, that the words would jump off the page and, and they would enlighten our hearts. Um, Lord, I pray that, that this morning as, as we read, that we would believe with all of our heart that these are your words for us, for our instruction, for our, our, our teaching, for our, our good. And so, Father, I pray for those listening today um, that they would read these words and believe them with all their heart. Father, I pray that you'd move me out of the way. And that you'd use me as a vessel to communicate your gospel this morning to your people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. There are commands all throughout Scripture. Not just the, the ten that, that Moses had on, on the stone tablets. But there's commands all throughout Scripture. And, and one of the things that I look for when I read my Bible just daily. Um, if it's a chapter or a section of Scripture. There are three things that I look for. Number one, is there a command for us to follow in the passage? And we're going to see in just a few moments that there is a command here. Number two, is there a sin to avoid? Is there a sin in the passage to avoid? And I think there, we'll see that as well. And number three, my favorite thing to see in Scripture are the promises of God. So I'm always looking, is there a promise for us to cling to in this passage? We see here in the beginning in verse, verse, verse 4 of chapter 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, I'm a word guy, so when I read, I, I, I try to put myself in, in, in the context here of, of listening uh, to the words being spoken during that day. But when I read this and, and I see rejoice, and then he, he says it again. And I wonder why. 
I wonder why God had to say it twice. Why did he have to tell us rejoice always again? I say rejoice. And and I don't know what you think when you when you read this. But when I read this, what comes to my, my mind is negative people, negative people. And when I say the word negative people right now, somebody just popped in your head, didn't they? I caught you. Somebody popped into your head. You know, that person that you see in Walmart and you're turning down the aisle and you see them you're like, oh, no, I've got to go the other way. I don't want to run into them. It'll be 30 minutes of how bad everything is in life. And I think that if we're not careful, we can fall into those traps as well in not rejoicing and not being satisfied with what we have in Christ. We have salvation today. Uh, if you're if you're a born again believer, you have salvation. You have access to the father, direct access, no longer through a priest, no longer through a veil, but direct access. We can rejoice in that. If you have food in your house, if you live in a house, you're one of the richest people in the world. We have reason to rejoice. But I know that God knew uh, what our hearts were going to be like. He knew our struggles that we were going to have. And I think that as we read through this, he knew that, that, that we would need to rejoice. So why rejoice? Well, when we rejoice, we're, we're thankful. When we rejoice, we are counting our blessings. When we're doing these things and then that something comes up in our life, something like, like what we're facing right now, we're still able to rejoice at who is in control of the situation. We're able to take it in stride. Uh, we could say, you know what? It could have been worse. And even in adversity, we're still grateful for what the Lord has done, is doing, and will continue to do. When we were preparing to leave just uh, about two and a half years ago for the Philippines, I made a trip over there uh, just to try to find a place for our family to live when we were there. And uh, as we were leaving this neighborhood, uh, we had the windows rolled down and there was this lady who was whistling as uh, she was walking down the street. And I picked up on the tune and it was a hymn. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. You know, she's She's whistling a hymn, and I, I don't remember what the song was, but I remember uh, hearing it and knowing what it was. And uh, Miss Donna Scroggins was driving me, and she said, well, that lady, she, she cleans houses in our neighborhood. And I said, well, tell me about her. I mean, she, I guess she's a believer. She's, she's singing these, these hymns. She said, yeah, she's a believer, and she lives in a house um, that's just a tin-roofed house, and they have a tarp wrapped around their, their four poles, and it's a dirt floor. And she says the tarp comes down to about six inches above the, the, the ground. That way, when they have the big monsoon rains, the water can just wash through and not tear the house down, not pull the tarp down. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I can't I can't imagine. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, what's it going to be like for my family when I move over here? What kind of house am I going to find? And uh, I would never even consider for myself or my children living like that. And, and every time I read this verse about rejoicing, I go back and think about her. To know that if we were put in that situation or we had to sleep in that type of condition as Americans, we would be in total despair. We would think that the end had come. But she was rejoicing because she had just left a house and had been paid and she would have food for her family that day. I think of a hymn... Uh, 
that we sing growing up. You guys may sing it here. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you at what the Lord has done. And I would encourage you today. uh, You've got time at home. Maybe after this sermon. Maybe after lunch. You just begin to write down some of the things that you're thankful for. And before long, you'll have a page full of the things that you are, you are thankful for. And we can rejoice in that. The second thing that I see in the passage here in verse 6 is it says, Be careful for nothing. And I'm reading now the King James. Your new King James may say, Be anxious for nothing. Or one, another version may say, Don't worry about anything. And you may say, Brother Jimmy, are you aware of what's going on right now? I mean, look around, the the stores, restaurants are closing. People are being laid off or furloughed from work. How, how How can we not worry about what's going on? Well, I believe that that God gives us the remedy here uh, in the passage this morning. Over in Matthew chapter six, verse eight, uh, it tells us that God knows what we need before we even ask for it. Romans chapter eight, uh, nothing can separate us from God. And I told you we'd be in Luke this morning. So go ahead and flip over to Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12. And let's read a passage of scripture from there that will really drive this point home Luke chapter 12 beginning in verse 24 it says this consider the ravens for they neither sow nor reap which neither have storehouse nor barn and God feedeth them how much more are ye better than the fowls and which of you with taking thought can add to his stature one cubit if ye then be not able to do that thing which is least Why take you thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And then God so clothed the grass, if God, if then God so clothed the grass, which is in, in today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven. How much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not. Ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. In verse 32, fear not, little flock. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And when I read these verses and I think about what's going on in our world, these verses bring comfort to me. God hasn't forgot us. We'll continue to seek first His kingdom and all of these things will be added unto us. So why did God tell us here not to worry? Or, or not to, to be anxious. Um, do you think it's possible that he knew we would struggle with this? Do you think he knew that we would have worries and anxiousness? And maybe it's not this that's going on. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a, an illness that's going on uh, in your family right now. Uh, maybe it's a, a wayward child that is not living for the Lord right now. Maybe it's a relationship issue that's going on. God has told us not to worry. And look, check out what he says here. 
Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made unto God. By prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made unto God. That word supplication, that's a big word. What does that mean? Well, I looked this up um, and Webster defined it this way. The action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. And I think that oftentimes uh, in my own life and maybe in yours too, that there's been times in my life where I haven't put enough emphasis on prayer. Or I thought, you know what, I'm not going to bother God with that right now. Or maybe I just want to wallow in my self-pity for a little while before I take it uh, to the Lord. I just want to be upset um, about something. And you may ask, well, how do I pray in, with, with thanksgiving? How do I pray for something that God has not answered Yet, and I would say that that's, that's, a good, that's a good question. I think that the simple way to do that is that we thank God for who He is in the midst of the situation. That even right now, with all the coronavirus and everything going on, I can thank God in my prayers that He is in control of it. I can thank God that not one person is going to get sick and that not one person is going to pass away without Him ordaining that to happen. I can thank God for who He is. I can thank Him that He's in control, that He is in control, that I don't have to worry about what's going on. I may say, God, I don't understand right now, but thank you that you're working all things out for my good. Thank you, God, for how you love me in the midst of my suffering. Thank you for wrapping your arms around me and caring for me. Thank you for never leaving me or forsaking me. Even though it seems like I don't have a lot of people caring for me right now, thank you, Lord. That you care for me. Thank you God that you meet all of my emotional, my physical, and my spiritual needs. And we can pray to God in thanksgiving in the midst of our anxiousness and our worry. And the fourth thing I see here is the promise. Verse 7. If we rejoice, if we let our moderation be known that the Lord is at hand, if we're, if we're not anxious... And, and not worrying, but if we do worry, if we just go to the Lord in prayer, pray with thanksgiving, in verse 7, He promises us this, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. As we prepared to leave for the Philippines, there were many uncertainties. You know, what was life going to be like after we've been there a week or two, when we've got to figure out how to live here now. And what's it going to be like for my kids to pull them out of school and, and to take them away from, from friends and, and grandparents and cousins and family? And, and, and what's it going to be like for, for my wife um, when she's away from friends and we're, and we're there? And uh, a lot of anxiousness and worry can come up. And this verse brought me so much peace in my life. It brought me so much comfort in my life. It allowed me to sleep at night knowing that God had not forgotten me. That even though I had moved over 8,500 miles away from this place, I was just as close to God right there as I was right here. And he gives us this promise of peace. I hope this morning that you will cling to that promise. I hope that you will take God at his word, just at his simple word. Not to worry, but if you do, 
to take these things to him in prayer. And he promises a peace that passes all understanding. And let's check out verse 8. Let's finish right here. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And you may look at that verse and say, Brother Jimmy, that's a, that's a lot of things to think about. There, there are several things he listed right there. If I spend all my time thinking about those things, what else will I have time for? And I say amen to that. Amen. You won't have time to worry and fret and let the devil come in and say, hey, God's forgot about you. God's going to leave you here. God's not... Not for you. God's not going to help you. God's not going to give you peace. When we are focused our attention on these things, we cannot help but be in line with God. So as I close this morning, I don't know what you may be struggling with. Obviously, uh, the virus is a concern of all of ours right now. But even maybe before this came up, there may have been other things that you were worried about. I want to encourage you this morning to take God at his word. To make these requests known to him. And to trust that he's going to give you a peace that passes all understanding. And you may be watching this morning. Maybe you're not even a part of Brister. Maybe you're not a part of a church. But uh, you just happen to stumble across uh, this live feed this morning. And you may, you may have questions about I mean, this, this God that we've been talking about and these promises that he's had this morning. And you may say, I don't, I don't know this God or I don't know this Jesus. Well, I want to tell you this morning, you can know him. You don't have to walk down an aisle. You don't have to come and talk to a preacher to know Jesus. And this morning, if you don't know him, right where you are, you can bow your head and you can confess to God that you are a sinner and that that sin separates you from him. And you can ask forgiveness of those sins and ask God to save you. And God will save you today and your life will never be the same. Father, I pray that uh, this morning uh, that your gospel has been clearly presented. I pray for those who, who face struggles uh, today um, of, of fear, of anxiety, of worry. Father, I pray that these verses would bring comfort uh, to their hearts and to their souls. And God, I pray ultimately that they'll cling to that promise that you gave us in Philippians chapter 4, uh, that you'll give us a peace that passeth all understanding. We won't even understand how we can have peace in the midst of what's going on. Father, I pray for those who are watching today um, that do not have a relationship with you. I pray that maybe today would be the day of their salvation. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Thank you, uh, Brother Jimmy. I know some of you are watching, and uh, you may not be affiliated with the church, or you just may be affiliated with the church, but you've never, ever really had a personal involvement in missions. And perhaps you have a burden for what's going on in the Philippines. We will give you some contact information if you will access our Facebook page again of how you can invest uh, in this ministry that's investing in the lives of young people. Uh, also, uh, Brother Jimmy had shared with me that there's a lot of hardship in the Philippines because of this virus. 
Towns are closing uh, every road in and out of the town. Uh, there is no travel going on between each island, which means a lot of people are running out of food and they're having actually hard time finding enough to eat. Uh, we will also have that information on our Facebook page if you'd like to uh, contribute to help out with this because it is a, uh, a humanitarian catastrophe. But those pieces of information will be here if you'd like to be a part uh, and a partner with the ministry uh, of uh, Brother Jimmy Walker and his missions uh, work in the Philippines. The past two weeks have been tedious. The restrictions have involved every part of our life, uh, everyday tasks, they've been uncomfortable, uh, and of course, we don't know how long it'll last. However, let me tell you that the infection rate of this virus in Arkansas overall has been very low. I've spoken with people in the Springdale, Fayetteville, Rogers area. It's remarkably low for a metropolitan area of that size. Here in Columbia County, the infection rates are extremely low due to the population of our county. Uh, by the grace of God and by the discipline of our citizens, it's working. It's uncomfortable, it's tedious, but I'm gonna ask you to keep up the discipline and the hard work of these restrictions. Restrict your contact with others. Some of you are doing a great job with that. Keep that up. Exercise just basic protocol of washing your hands. If the Center of Disease Control recommend masks as we go out, we ask that you would secure a mask, help out with that. But then again, pick up the phone, call somebody, let them know you're thinking about them. Uh, offer to run an errand if some, some people are just extremely quarantined because of health conditions. Help out in this. And above all things, pray. Pray for our local needs. Pray for our national leaders. Pray for the folks that are working internationally with the Philippines, other parts of the world. It's a lot harder in some places than it is in our world around here. Let's pray God is still on the throne and we trust his care. Thank you very much and may God bless you.